Welcome to Best Friends with Benefits. I am Noni. I'm Kristen. And today we have an amazing guest. He is an entrepreneur turned business coach. And today he's going to give us some money secrets. Welcome, Vikram. Vikram Diol, what's going on? Oh my God, I'm here. I'm alive. I got taken out of backstage. I'm so excited. It's like being released from kitty jail. Oh my gosh, hilarious. So Vikram, why don't you tell us uh, what makes you the expert uh, money guy in your space? Tell us a little bit about what you do. God, Noni, when you put that much pressure on me, I want to go back into the jail. Uh, You know, what makes me an expert on money is, uh, well, I guess I've probably lost more of it than uh, most people have. And, you know, they, they say it's not about making money. It's about keeping money. I can't tell you how true that is. And the number one rule of investing isn't you have to make money. It's you got to not lose money because every time you lose money, you go backwards. I, so I, I, as a kid, I, I always used to use this analogy with my friends when I drove. Let's say we're going on a five-hour road trip. And we had to stop for 30 minutes. Every time we stopped, I said, we didn't lose 30 minutes. We lost an hour because we lost 30 minutes while we were eating and drinking and peeing and doing the things. But we also lost 30 minutes of driving. So if we could just power through it, we get there so much faster. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with money. If you lose money, not only do you have to make up that money, but you make up the money that might take you six months or a year or two years, you're back to par. So you lost the time and the money. So, you know, you want to be kind of smart with your money just a little Hmm. bit. Wow. That is such an interesting way to think of it. Because most people, when they think of accumulating money, it's like hoarding it, right? Getting as much of it as you can. And it's never the thought process of keeping what you have and then building onto that. So I think that's really, really interesting. Well, don't not make a lot of it too. Like make a- That too. (laughs) Am I allowed to swear on here? I feel like- Yes. Go to town. Um, I feel like, you know, I'm going to try not to, because I want kids to actually hear this with their parents, but you want to make a crap (laughs) load of money, right? You want to make a crap load of money your whole life. My, my, uh, rich dad, if you guys have read rich dad, poor dad, Mm -hmm, he talks mm -hmm. about, he talks about, um, the rich dad. So my rich dad says, you don't have an expense problem. You have an income problem. Mm. And so if you Mm. make more money, you don't worry about your expenses now, right? Mm. You can't spend before you make Gary Keller, red light, green light. You got to, you got to spend money as you're making it, or you got to make more than you're spending. Because if you're always in shiny penny investment mode, well, you can make a lot of money, but you're never going to have anything to show for it either. Yeah. Those are all my money secrets. We got That's three it. minutes in. We got three minutes in. We're ladies. done. We're done. No, we're yeah. done. Stop. You learned a lot. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's all you need. If you learn those couple of tricks in life, if people learn those tricks in life, right? Make more money than, than your expenses, figure out ways to get money to work for you so that your expenses, let's say you want to go buy a private jet. Awesome. Buy two, but make sure that your expenses of that private jet and the purchase of that private jet are covered by the money you make while you still retain your nut. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's easy right? Don't lose the money you make, right? If you lose it, you got to remake it up. Like, and then what else is there? I think that's all I got. You know, I didn't write them down. Hold on. It's an interview, Vikram. So we got some more questions. So you're going to have to stay here with the firing squad, Kristen. (laughs) I drank too much coffee this morning. (laughs) 
Um, so why don't you tell us what you do? Like, do you, you are a coach, right? So do you coach people about this and, you know, money, their careers? Yeah. So, uh, I've been a serial entrepreneur. I had my first business probably like nine or 10 washing cars, you know, babysitting the neighborhood kids, uh, fourth grade. I did the jogathon. I set the record there. 17, I sold Cutco, real estate, cars, cell phones, wellness services. Um, you know, the only thing I haven't sold really is myself and my soul. And so no, don't do that. <laughs> uh, comedian is next. We're working on the jokes. So. Yeah, that, that that was pretty good. Yeah, that's fours. Fours don't work. No needs like that was a solid four. So I got out of real estate and went on a personal development journey after I realized a lot of things that I did not want to carry with me. And when I came out of that journey, I was like, okay, what do I want to do when I become an adult? And so I decided to go into business with, with my, uh, with a family member, my dad, which is never what you want to do. Um, if you guys mm -hmm. aren't already in a good relationship, because trying to fix a relationship while going to business with somebody's like, I don't know, pouring gasoline on a fire. <laughs> it, it doesn't work and it doesn't burn out easily. So, as I was doing that, I started working with my friends and people started asking me like, hey, Vic, we got questions about this. We got questions about that. We got questions about this. And I went into business coaching. And so that's what I've been helping people with is business coaching. And it always seems to start the first few minutes of a call or the first few calls that I have with somebody. It's always typically around their mindset or something mm -hmm. that they're pushing through to get to the next level. So mm -hmm. you, know, you, you say you're a business coach, but... <laughs> really the best business coaches out there have a component of all of life as one. Yeah, that is so great. I had, that's a good like segue into our next question because we wanted to talk about, I mean, I see you have a money, is that a money tree behind you? It's my baby. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the mindset and like the energy and abundance and law of attraction, like that kind of thing? How does that work? Everything All together. That, <laughs> I know that's like a huge question. Uh, I know. Touch turns to gold. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've always had the mindset <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> Can you come touch over here? You don't. You don't want to be a gold statue. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I will. I will sell you for. I will sell you. I'm definitely not. Uh, but no, I, I've always had the mindset that everything I touch turns to gold. Um, and I've always had the mindset that I am going to be successful. And I think you have to have a ridiculous amount of self-confidence because if you want to make it like, if you want to make like a hundred thousand dollars, that's not really that big of a deal. I, I know people are like, Oh my God, that's a lot of money. But that's like, when you start to think of like entrepreneurship, a hundred grand doesn't really make you rich, especially if you live in like, I know you live in New York city. I mm -hmm. mean, to live in the city, to get a halfway decent, like the, my place in the city would be $10,000, $15,000. I happen to live in Bakersfield right now, so it's super cheap. But when I lived in Seattle, I had a one bedroom, you know, that was like 3,200 bucks a month. And I lived on my own. And I, and I was like, I don't make enough money. Like, I never felt like I made enough money. And so I have this, this unwavering mindset that I will be successful. Like there's going to be ups and downs in life and there's going to be hardships and things of that nature. But, you know, I have this mindset that 
I will be successful. I will figure it out. Um, and I'm willing to invest in myself too. So I would never do anything that I wouldn't ask people to do. And mm -hmm. I would never become a coach if I didn't take coaching myself. I do wonder as you are coaching your clients and you might see some kind of bad habit patterns, right? Like what are some bad, bad habits in money spending or, you know, money habits that you see as reoccurring? Oh, that's a good one. Well, I can tell you, um, I can tell you my own habits. Uh, I hate saying no to people. Like I just, I just think everybody's got the best of intentions and I just love to say yes. Like I love spending money. I really do. <laughs> That's why I have to make a lot of it because I love giving it away and I love spending it. I love saying yes to people when they call me. Um, so I've actually had to say no. Like I have a new rule. It's say no, do the research. And if they're still around in a week, maybe that's the one person who you should actually do business with. Mm -hmm. And then, and then when they send their contract, you know, wait like three more days to see if they follow up with you to be like, Oh, <laughs> what are you doing, bro? Are you going to do business with us or not? Like I want that person who wants my business now. Mm, that's so, great. Yeah. I've given my money away to too many people. So I, I think we, as right, if you know, you have the ability, like if you're a great salesperson and you have that ability to make a lot of money, and you know you can just flip the switch and turn on and make 30, 40, 50, $100,000 for the month or more. Sometimes you just get kind of irresponsible with the finances. Yeah. Um, most business owners don't know how much credit they have or how much they owe on their credit cards. They might know how much credit they have, but they don't know how much they owe on their credit cards. They don't look at their finances. They don't look at what you know, Keith Cunningham's called the optics of their business or the dashboard. Mm -hmm. So they don't know what switches to turn where. Okay, here, here's a great example. I was talking to one of my clients and he talked about cash flow. Right. We we're talking about cash flow and everybody's like, oh, cash flow. Yeah. On paper, I have a lot of profit. But have you ever I don't know if you guys have ever talked to somebody, but if you've ever had a client that has more month than they do money, but they're profitable. They're like, how does this work? The month ends in 10 days. I still have payroll to make. And my accountant tells me that we're profitable for this quarter, 50,000, 100,000. He's like, but I don't have any money. Well, the hmm. accountant's looking at the finances and they're saying, oh, well, your accounts receivable is here. Your this is there. But they're not necessarily looking at what your cash flow statement is. How much money do you have today? Right. You might sell a widget, but you don't get paid on that widget for 10 days, but right, you right. pay the vendor for that widget the minute they started producing it. So you paid money 45 days ago, you finally get the product, you sell it to your client, your client pays you 10 days after they get it. So you're out of money for 45 to 50 days. Whereas if you could reverse it, you get paid early and then you can pay your vendor later, or at least on delivery, You've just changed your whole cash for cash flow to where you have money in the bank, right? Mm -hmm. so that's a big thing that people don't realize is the importance of their cash flow of how money comes in and out of their business. And so I think that's something that people don't really think about. I have a question about, you know, doing things to make money. Like I heard, I think it was Marion Williamson. I love her, but she said one time, she was like, if you're, just working to make money, that's like cause with a lowercase c. 
Like you should always be doing something that you would do anyway, even if you weren't making any money, because that's where your calling is and like what you should be doing and that you love it so much. So it doesn't feel like work. Can you like speak to that at all? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I heard something super recently and it made me really have to stop and think like I had to literally stop in my tracks and think about this statement. And somebody said, when you have all the money in the world, what would you do? Mm -hmm. They said, I would do this and I would do that. And then they said, but would you really do that if you had all the money in the world? And I was like, oh, damn, I would not do that. Oh, yeah. I was like, holy crap. No, I would not be working on this or that. Like if I had all the money in the world, what would I be doing? I'm like, I would be building such amazing dope ass things like Elon Musk, right? I'd have a team of just like such smart people and I would be doing like mushrooms in the mountains, like figuring out my creativity <laughs> a lot more. Oh, Anthony's gonna love that. I wouldn't be doing like I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now, which is writing emails to attract new clients to coach in my. Right. I would be not that I don't love what I do right now, but if I had all the money in the world, would I continue to do this? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mm. because I would want to do something that impact. I would want to create a bigger system to impact more people, not yeah. like. 20s and the 30s and the 50s and the hundreds, I would want to do the 20s and the 30s and the millions and the thousands. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when people say like, what would you do with all the money in the world? I, I, I'm starting to think differently of that. I'm like, what do I need to do right now for the next one or three or five years so that I can get the connections and I can introduce myself to the right people I can make enough money that I need that I can get into the more investments that will work for me, right? Like I want to have rentals and warehouses and money that's making, I want my soldier to go out and bring two back, mm -hmm. right? So if I want to go buy, you know, another Range Rover, right? I want to make enough money from passive, you know, passive, which isn't truly passive, but I want to make enough money from those investments that they pay for the expense. They pay for the down payment. They pay the monthly payment. I don't want to pull any money out of my pocket to pay for those. Mm -hmm. And it's funny when you start to think like that, you're like, well, maybe I don't really want an expensive car anymore. Maybe right now what I want is another property or I want mm -hmm. to figure out what I can buy. That's making me more money. Right. In your sleep. It's like making your money work for you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which is great. Yeah. This is so great. Money. I, so here's, here's something that's crazy. I have a money coach and she does kinesiology and she does energy work around our blockages of money. Mm. And you don't realize, but you, as we get older, like when I was younger, Nobody could tell me anything. But as I've gotten older, you know, you start to get a little bit more rigid. And sometimes things that people say to you stick a little bit harder because you've had some failures. You've had some ups and some downs. And so sometimes you don't realize it, but you, you're blocking the flow of energy in your body and you're blocking the flow just like you block energy and chi. We block money through our body. Mm. And so my coach said, Hey, you need to talk to this gal and you need to do some sessions with her 
And I've been working with her now for, for 12 weeks in one of her group programs. And I'm like, I just love money now. Like I have on my desk, I have my money goal. I talk about money a lot more. I'm not scared to talk about money. I'm not scared to talk about my prices to people. If they're not in alignment with it, I'm like, cool. Somebody else will come that is in alignment with it. I'm not worried about you. But we don't talk about money as a culture. And like my, my, no, mom, no, yeah. mm. yeah, my mom, like sweet little five, two Indian chicks, like, you know, she doesn't have an accent, so I can't give her one. But if I talk about my dad, I'll give him an accent. <laughs> she goes, don't talk about money because people are going to give you the evil eye. I was like, you know what, mom? They're going to do it anyways. So I may as well talk about money and I may as well do it the way I want because whether I'm rich or I'm poor, people are still going to, if I'm poor, they're going to say, what happened to him? He was so good. He should be making a lot of money. <laughs> if I'm rich, I say, oh, he's making so much money. Who does he think he is? Uh, so why that's not? That's so true. Right? Like, So true. Yo, so this is good. Just talk about money, folk. Like, The more you talk about it and the more you take the stigma away from it. Ooh, this is good. Wait, so that's good for the next question, Vikram, because when we talk about stigma and talk about mindsets, how people relate to their debt, right? Like that's something nobody wants to talk about. Like I'll tell you the most deepest, darkest secrets, but don't ask me, you know, how much debt I'm in. It's just like, you're getting too personal right now. So what, uh, what would you say to uh, people about debt and how they should relate to it? And what's the best way to kind of climb out of it? Okay. So step one, is it debt because you went out and bought a Chanel purse or is it debt because you invested in yourself or is it debt because of a business? So you have consumer debt, which Mm -hmm. you should not be in, right? Don't get into consumer debt. Try to avoid that as much as possible unless well, yeah, you should avoid it because you should be investing your money to make more money. Okay, so consumer debt's bad. Okay. Business debt and investment debt, I'm okay with. So I'll be honest, I got I got like 280K in debt right now from my mm-hmm. business that I started three years ago almost. So two, what is it? Two, two months, two years, 10 months ago, right? That's when I started the business. It was a brand new business, ground up. We did a $150,000, $120,000 remodel on our space. Um, it looks like a spa, bought all the equipment, made it really luxury, bought all the equipment to make it really nice. It's one of the most well-equipped businesses that, of our franchise type that was out there. We had all the all the goodies. Um, we hit COVID last year, so that kind of sucked. But we had money to pay the debt down throughout. But I also had two coaches. One was for $30,000 for the year. One was fifty. dollars I also had a therapist. I also have a personal trainer. I also did a $10,000 leadership course, right? So I don't say this to impress on you. I say this to impress on you that I took debt expecting that things were going to be different, planning for things to be different. Now, nobody could have planned for COVID. Mm -hmm. Although we still did okay, we didn't kill it. But I also was able to do a $50,000 remodel on a rental property. And so there's there's some debt for business because I borrowed money against myself to, to build the business. And then there was debt for a rental. And so then there was, you know, a lot of the debt got paid off. It was serviced throughout the course of the business. But then when I had a large sum of money or sum of money, I said, okay, do I want to pay down this debt 
Or do I want to pay off a good chunk of the debt and then go invest some money somewhere else? Because I had a deal in front of me that I was like, this will be a $500 to a $1,000 per month cash flow property. And I'm going to have a $50 to $75,000 equity when it's all said and done. What do I want to do? Do I want to invest it in myself or do I want to invest it into something that's going to bring me back to zero, but it's not going to bring me the long term? And the other thing mm -hmm. that people don't realize is that when you invest into yourself or you invest into a business, even if that business fails, as long as you don't stay down and you get back up, you learn lessons. So there are right. lessons that you learn. And if you take those lessons away with you to the next step in life, you don't start at zero. You might start at three or four. So the next business you're starting with an education and you're, guess what? We're all going to get educated at some point. Mm -hmm. everybody gets an education, right? Some people yeah. than others. So I'm okay with people saying like, yo, I need to put your, I need to put you on a credit card, Vic. I'm like, cool. I put my coach on a credit card. Fine. We need to split the payments up, Vic. That's cool. I split the payments up with my coach. If you don't have deep skin in the game, you don't pay attention. You pay for what you pay attention to. And people mm. do everything for free. Like oh, they want to go to Clubhouse and YouTube University. And I was actually talking about this this morning on Clubhouse. You can go to Clubhouse and you can go to YouTube and you can get all the information. Yeah. But did but, you get any transformation? True. Yeah. And I just want to speak to that because something that my boss had said, was it my boss? Or maybe it was Stephanie uh, Noni. It was in our leadership program that we did together. Um, they said that money is actually a commitment. Like if you put money towards something, that's you committing to something like giving mm -hmm. your word. Oh, it was mm -hmm. so, um, Noni and I worked together and I coached her. She was my first like practice client. And I said, you know, I would do this to you, give this to you for free. Obviously you're my best friend, but by you paying, it's showing that you're committing to it with your word, with your money. And also by you paying, it gives, it puts something at stake so that you like, I'm going to do the work because you're paying me money and you're paying. So you're going to expect to get something out of it rather than just having it be free. You're not going to really be as committed to it as if you were actually paying for it. You're not as invested, like literally and figuratively. You gotta, you gotta pay to pay attention often. Mm -hmm. My little cousin, 18 years old, he, I was talking to my coach on the phone and my little cousin wants to go and be a stock trader or whatever wealth investment advisor at Goldman Sachs. And my coach worked for Goldman Sachs. And so I was talking to him and he's like, Oh, who are you talking to? I'm like, Oh, I'm talking to my boy, Sean. He's like that. The, 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 he pulled up his Instagram profile and everything. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my boy, whatever. But no, he's like, Oh my God, I, I really wish I knew everything about him. And we go, I go, well, just ask some questions. And so I asked him a couple questions and he's like, Oh my God, I want to pay him a thousand dollars. He said this to me today in text. I want to give him a thousand dollars to fix the karmic imbalance. When you don't have that karmic balance in place, it, it's a, it's an open circuit and you need to close the circuit. And so he said the same thing you're saying, like you should always, uh, somebody said you never give in, in the, is it the Japanese or the Chinese culture? You don't give knives for free. 
because that can cut your, your abundance cord. So if somebody gives you like a set of knives as a gift, I used to sell knives, so that's why I know, um, you got to give them a dollar because you have to keep that balance in check. Very interesting. So I do want to have some, and I know, I know that you said this already, and you said, just don't be in consumer debt, but I don't want to leave it in the space for any listeners that are listening like, oh my God, I'm, I guess I'm just hopeless because I'm sitting here and I'm already in it. So what do I do? Do you have anything to offer to anyone that's listening that they're already in debt and they're, they're trying to get out? Yeah, make more money, get a side hustle. Um, don't incur more consumer debt. So mm -hmm. that's good. What what I see in this world, yeah. So, I mean, right now people are sending me, um, I'm, I'm working with wholesalers and stuff now. And when I sold real estate, I would see this more. And when I sold knives, I would go to people's houses and I would see people that don't live in really big places and they just had stuff. It wasn't like, like I'm a cluttered dude, but I don't buy a lot of stuff because I don't have space to put it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, there's no more room. So I have papers and things of that nature. But I don't try to go out and buy extra stuff that I, unless I want to get rid of something. And there's nothing I want to get rid of in my life. So one of my, uh, this girl I used to date, she had, you know, like 18 hangers in her closet. And when she bought something, she had to give something. So she had to really think about what she was going to buy because that meant she had to give up something that she really thought about already before she bought it. That's yeah, most, really good. I'm going to try that I don't know how Kristen, many Kristen couldn't do it. Yeah. After the the closet I just built because of her. Yeah. I was like, I was like, didn't you just build a closet in your other bedroom? Like, yeah, I was like, that girl, was her, idea. To clean out her closet. I was like, you need a whole room. So 18 I, hangers not happening for her, but I'll try that. I, I really, really do love uh, what that says and how you can kind of apply that holistically to everything. Yeah, you, you just cleaned the space out. So, I mean, my older brother went on a shopping spree and he bought like all this stuff and half of it didn't fit him. He just bought it. And so my mom's like, Hey, your brother left some garbage bags of clothes for you. And I'm like, garbage bags of clothes. I was like, how much stuff is there? My closet's packed. I mean, it's some cool gear. Like I, I I'm telling you, he's got the street cred. So I'm like, he's got some cool gear that he gave me some shoes and stuff, but I'm like, where do I put it? I don't even have enough hangers in my house to hang it all. And so it's I have extra like, hangers I can mail to you. I, I don't want them. I, I don't want them. I want to get rid of them because I'm like, I don't want the clutter. And you want to, when you're making space and you're manifesting, you got to make space for what you want. And if you've got stuff filled up to the max, what you're saying to the world is I got everything maxed out. I don't have any more room. And so you got to make room for. I did make a up. husband closet. <laughs> I go. have a closet, an empty closet for my husband. There you go. So I mean, but do you have room for for the kids? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. I, I whatever you whatever. whatever I have a spare around. bedroom. That's going to be the. The kids' room. The baby's room. So. so <laughs> Noni's like, okay. So, Noni's like, she's been waiting for this moment. <laughs> she's no, like, right? oh, we're going to have to get rid of some clothes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like you got to make space for things to, like you were saying, just the holistic approach to it. We got to make space for what we want to call in more and more and more. 
Otherwise, the universes, they're capped out. They don't, they don't need anything else. They're filled up, done, no more. Oh, so, so making room in your life for things is really important. Um, I, I know there was another part to your question, but I don't know what it was. No, that was that was pretty much it. I think making room in your life, not accruing more debt on top of the debt that you already have. And then you can get a side hustle, right? Like how do you side make hustle. everybody's like, oh, we got to make more money. Well, stop buying crap, right? Like look around your space and be like, do I need, and, and you'd be shocked. You go to Facebook, um, what, what is it? Facebook. Um, the marketplace. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And you can sell so much stuff. Like yeah. you could, you would be surprised. You might, you know, five or $10 over a hundred items adds up. That's right? true. You might end up with a thousand bucks cold, hard cash, and you can go put that into a, a stock index fund and it, you don't have to think about it. It just, it just goes up and down with the market. And mm -hmm. over time that'll grow because the markets, mm -hmm. you know, outside of normal times, it, it's going to go up. Mm -hmm. And so, you can, so that's one way is you get, you stop buying stuff you don't need. You become holistic. And if I buy something, I have to give something away. Um, you get a side hustle, right? Where you can sell some things that you have already at home online. Um, and there's a thousand ways to make a little bit of extra money now. So you can find a way to make money. You can be a better employee at your job. You can learn a new skill. You can take a course. So you learn a mm -hmm. new skill. So then you show up at work and you now know how to do something that your boss wanted you to do or wanted somebody else. To say, hey, I got it, boss. I actually learned that skill because we had a bunch of free time at home. Your boss would be like, oh, damn. And if you prove yourself to be invaluable to your company, that's another skill you can put on your LinkedIn resume. I do this and this. And people are like, whoa, that's crazy that you do those two things. Mm -hmm. And now you become a, an asset instead of a commodity to your company. Mm -hmm. Commodities come and go. Assets stay. And so you can yeah. make more money. You can ask for a raise after you've proven your worth. You know, you can have your boss see like, oh, my God. This person's kicking butt, taking names. They'll they'll notice your efforts, and then they'll want to give you a raise, anyways. Because if you if you make me money, I'm going to pay you more because I don't want to lose you. Right, right, right. Exactly. So those are all ways. But the the number one thing is is you got to stop getting you you got to start learning how to have internal validation versus external. You got to start learning to. You know, the kid, the story about the kid who doesn't eat the marshmallow versus the kids that do eat the marshmallow. So they don't know that. Oh, okay. Well, so a bunch of kids were put into a single, into a room and they were given a marshmallow right in front of them. And they said, if you don't eat this marshmallow, when we come back, we'll give you two. And then you can eat the two. So by waiting for one minute or 10 minutes, they're going to double their investment. Now, most of the kids, I don't know the stats, but I believe most of the kids, something like 70% of the kids ate the marshmallow. They wanted that immediate gratification. Yeah. Right? Social media. Like I post something, I'm like, oh my God, do people like it? Okay, well, should we delete it? What do we do? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I freak out sometimes. Then I'm like, Vikram, it doesn't matter. One person sees it, that's the person you needed to get to. That's it. Wow. Relax. But the, the kids that they studied this, the kids that held out the one and got the two typically didn't shove both of them in their mouth because they had to work for it. So they valued it more. And mm. they also know that those kids went on into life to taking the harder paths. 
And by taking the harder paths, they had more success. Wow. And so wow. the goal is don't go for the instant. Don't go to Target. And like I saw this so many stupid TikToks about, I got my stimulus. I'm going to Target. I'm like, what the? And I heard actually ads going towards, oh, your stimulus check, get this jewelry on the government. And it's Horrible. just like advertisers know <laughs> that, you know, people that don't normally have money, they're going to want to just automatically Sad. go out and spend it. It's why when you so, win yeah. the lottery, you end up spending more of it and you lose it all. It's why, you know, when somebody becomes insta famous overnight and they get a big paycheck, they end up either going crazy Mm -hmm. Or they spend it all because they don't know how to handle it and they don't feel worthy enough because they didn't yes. do enough work. Oh, can I tell you something? Yeah. One time a guy broke up with me and someone, we were at the center. There, We did this thing called Landmark and we were at the center and this guy, I was all upset about this guy breaking up with me. And this one of the coaches was like, why do you think people that win the lottery lose it all within the year? And I was like, I don't know. What does this have to do with blah, blah, blah? <laughs> and he was like, some people don't know how to be with greatness. So mm. they give it away and they spend it away and they can't be with it. They can't hold on to it and be with it. And I got that. I was like, oh, my God, like, I am great. <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, but... <laughs> I really got, I really get that. And it really does make sense because people don't know how to be with that amount of money or be with something so, so great. So they just get rid and of you it kind of and spend it. about what makes you comfortable. Right. Basically having no, no money. It's no money and no girlfriend. That's <laughs> not your brush. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm just gonna brush my hair in the middle of the interview. Oh, okay. Hold on, let me get a comb too. <laughs> this is like, my show. I can do whatever I want. I, I just got like a crystal in my hand. Kristen's brushing her hair with all of her sassiness. Hey, this is coconut infused. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. But we all have a thermostat. We, we have an internal thermostat of what we feel is worthiness. And if we go too low, right, we need to pay rent. We'll get right back up to where the par is. If we go too high, oh, there's a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account. There's five hundred thousand. There's a million. There's ten million. Whatever the number is. Some people, it's like fifty cents. You know, fourteen hundred seems to be the magic number this year. <laughs> and so, mm -hmm. when the thermostat goes high, they sabotage. When it's too low, mm -hmm. they kick it up, and they just live in that life. And if you look at most people's income, let's say it's fifty grand. It'll go like 50 and 52 and then 53, 56, but it'll stay really close to the year before. Like it goes up just minimally compared to the year before. Now, when they retire, they might be at 75, but that's after so mm, many years. Yeah. Because their programming as a kid from zero to six was that of their parents, mm -hmm. right? They only make so much money. But then if you take somebody who grew up in a family that was super wealthy, and that family taught the kid about wealth creation and about money and that money's just a tool and money doesn't make you bad and money's not a, you know, right. Money is the root of all evils. I don't know. I'm pretty happy with money. Money seems to like me and I seem to like money. I like to give it away. I like to give it to charities. I like to help people with it. But if I don't have it, I can't do that. And that seems mm -hmm. 
Like, yeah, money is the root of all evils when you don't have it and you want to do good things or you get sick. So right. when you're when your money thermostat is really fluid and as you upgrade, you're upgrading your thermostat, money's great. But for some right. people, their money thermostat is stuck. Mm. And so they just make enough to always live check to check. I never yeah. have enough money, right? Like the words you say when we go back to the law of attraction, words that people say are so impactful. Like, oh, we never had enough money growing up. Well, do you have enough money now? No. Wow. So why? Mm -hmm. Right? People say like, you know, my dad's a holistic doctor. And I somebody asked him at one of the talks he did. They said, oh, well, my family just has, my family has a history of of heart disease or some, whatever it was. And he says, let me ask you a question. What did you eat as a kid? And they, they said their thing. He said, okay, awesome. Awesome. What did your mom eat as a kid? Okay. Awesome. Awesome. What did you feed your children? Okay. Awesome. 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 And when you look at it, it was basically like Mac and cheese out of a box. Hmm. And he's like, you don't have a hereditary problem. You have a food problem. Wow. People don't have an income problem. They have a mindset problem. They never got mm -hmm. the programming that they were allowed to have as much wealth and finances and money and love and joy and health as they yeah. wanted. Their IOS is stuck on six-year-old mom talking, dad talking, saying life is hard. Money is the root of all evil. Rich people have more problems. Rich people suck. They never saw the other side of what it was like to have abundance. Mm -hmm. Because if you go to the ocean and you take out a truck full of sand or of water, or if you go to the beach and take out sand, does Doesn't the make world? It oh my God! You took yeah. out a truck full of water from me. Oh, you're killing me! <laughs> Being careful about the sayings, like there are things that just stick with us. And what came to my mind as you were saying, money is the root of all evil, and something that I was kind of holding on to that I. You know, I just so happened I had a shoot with a financial advisor and we took an Uber home and I was like kind of having a money therapy session. When people say money can't buy you happiness and people kind of hold on to that and think that that means that if you have money, you're going to be miserable. When in fact, it's just saying, you know, maybe that's not going to cure you if you're sad, but it's not necessarily a, a bad thing or mean that if you do have money, you're going to be miserable because of this saying. What is your just final thought on that? And just like, you know, making people think of having money in a different way. Uh, you said something that I want to touch on. I am not a financial advisor of any sort. So y'all make right, sure right. whatever y'all do, <laughs> whatever you all do. Yeah. Disclaimer for Vikram, you guys do on your own research or with your own team. Don't come suing me because you did something. But if you're taking <laughs> that money to target, then I'm sure putting it somewhere else would be better. Um, if you are going to talk to a financial advisor, make sure they're a fiduciary which means that mm. they are responsible for your well-being. They don't necessarily just sell the products of their company. They sell the products that are best for you and they make a commission off of your success. Um, completely different than like a one of the bigger box firms, I'll say. So look for fiduciaries because they're going to give you better advice, in my opinion, and the fees are going to be lower for what That's you're good. investing in. So to answer your question about can money, you know, the thought about money and can money buy happiness, 
money won't buy you happiness. It'll bring out what you're already in, like what's already inside of you. It'll magnify who you are, but that's not a bad thing, right? Sometimes we need to be magnified so that we can change who we are, but to change your thoughts around money is so crucial because if you're sick and you need healthcare, what do you need a lot of? Money. If somebody you love gets into an accident and they have 10 or 15 surgeries and they lose their job and they have kids and you are the person that can help them out because you have money, how does that make you feel? If you want to go take a trip and expose, if you got kids, I don't, but let's say you do got kids and you want to expose them to all the different cultures of the world and you want to take them to all the remote islands of the world so that they can have an expanded view of the world. Or you wanna get them a tutor that can teach them Chinese and Japanese and Spanish and Hindi and all the languages of money because that's where the American economies are flowing their money into. What do you need? Money. If you wanna go and do something for your church or your charity of choice, right? Let's say you wanna give a make a wish, it's 10 grand right? It's 10 grand to grant a wish for Make-A-Wish Foundation. I want to give 10 of those a year. That's 100K. It takes money, right? If you want to do Toys for Todd at the end of the year and you want to open up the whole truck, right? You want to rent a U-Haul. What do you need? Money. So money doesn't just mean you go out and buy yourself a yacht or a Rolls Royce or a Lamborghini, you know, and you post it on Instagram and you be a complete douchebag. <laughs> Money means you do great things for the people you love. You do great things for yourself, right? You can go to get hyperbaric oxygen therapy. You can go and get IV therapy. You can go do red light therapy. You can hire the personal trainer or the chef or the nutritionist so that you have optimal health. You can do the blood work quarterly so you have optimal health, right? So money doesn't mean that you are out there just making it rain at the club, it means that you're able to do things at a higher level for those that you care about. And I think that's what people don't realize is that you need money just like you need a hammer and a nail. If you have a hammer and you don't have a nail, you have what I have on my wall, which is a bunch of big old holes in it because I didn't have the right tools. But if you have a hammer and a nail, you can build a house. If you have a saw, you can make a beautiful table. Mm. If you have a piece of glass, you can hold your food on. And it's just a tool like everything else out there. And we've put it on such a pedestal, you know, like in a boy's locker room when they're kids, they say, they're, I'm going to use softer terms, but they say, don't put the pretty girl on a pedestal because then you never talk to her. But if you just look at her like every other girl that you're best friends with and you just go up and like, hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm Vikram. Nice to meet you. And she's like, oh, hey you're kind of different. You're not like intimidated and treating me all weird. Like, you know, the first time a boy talks to a girl, it's like this. Hi. Okay. And she's like, what a weirdo. But that's how people talk to money. They're like, oh my God, money, 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 money. Mm. So you have a money tree. You put money underneath the tree. You have money all over your house and my wallet. I, it's funny that I have it here because I never have my wallet on me, but I have all this foreign currency. I have $2 bills. I have all the foreign currency that friends have given me in places I've traveled. I always have money on me. So like when people are like, you know, what's abundance and wealth? It's like, it's always around me everywhere I go. 
And you just think of it as a tool, like money is the tool that gets you from where you're at to where you want to be. And if you're going to do it, do it in a freaking Benz, yo. Do it in a Rolls. Do it, do it in, in a, a freaking Benz, yo. <laughs> All right, that's it. <laughs> that's a good man. Yeah, so awesome. thank you guys so, so much for listening. Vikram, why don't you tell them where they can follow you and get some more of these tips? Yes, so I'm on Clubhouse um, and Instagram and TikTok under the handle Coach Vikram Diol. Uh, V-I-K-R-A-M-D-E-O-L. You can also get signed up for my uh, email newsletter, which goes out almost daily. Um, and there's lots of business nuggets, lots of uh, health and wellness nuggets too. That's a passion of mine. Um, that So those are great places to find me. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if you're on Instagram, TikTok and Clubhouse, you will definitely find... Oh, my podcast is Be Real, uh, B-E-R-E-A-L. So Be Real on Apple or Spotify. Um, that's where I interview cool people like you that just have gone through life, had some ups and downs and we get, uh, we get pretty vulnerable. You know, we talk about different things, but we get pretty vulnerable and people share their deepest, darkest secrets from, you know, being molested as a child to mm. being, you know, locked up in a bathroom and have, or in a house and basically having to, you know, defecate on themselves because their parents abused them. And now they're living these amazing lives. Um, so we talk about, the whole spectrum of life wow. on it. So it's a it's a pretty awesome space. Well, thank you so much for your time and for all of this amazing knowledge you dropped today. Yeah, thank you, ladies. Well, thank you so much for listening and make sure you follow us on Instagram. And if you are listening right now and you want to catch the visuals and see what Kristen is wearing this week, <laughs> um, make sure that you do. And we will catch you next week. Thank you for watching and listening. Bye.